Hicks, the FF Educator, joined by John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar. This is our overrated rookies episode. John, let me do some explaining before we jump into things. Normally, what we do is if you're used to our rookie profile series, what we've done the last couple of years is we've gone through our full profiles, and then we do rankings episodes where we kind of summarize our positional rankings. But here's the thing, John, I was, we started prepping the show and I said to myself, hold on a second. We already, we already put that information out. Our patrons over at patreon.com slash rookie big board have for 12 months now been able to go in and see all of our changes to our rookie rankings as they happen. So that felt a little boring. So what I decided to do was compare our consensus rankings to current DLF rookie ADP. So if folks don't know, I've started contributing uh, video content over at uh, DLF on their YouTube page as well. So I got the DLF side of things. I got the rookie big board side of things. I said, why don't we compare? So in this episode, John, we're talking about the players that have higher DLF ADP compared to our consensus ranking of them. Some of it is large gaps. Some of it's small gaps. We're not saying you shouldn't draft the players we're talking about, but we're saying we we currently value them at a lower rate. Ready to jump into it? Absolutely, my friend. I can't wait. All right. So we got to start it off with the quarterbacks. And here's what I want to point out. The first guy we're going to talk about, John, he's somebody I like, but my goodness, this has gone off the rails. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. John, on DLF site right now, rookie ADP, quarterback one. Quarterback one, Anthony Richardson, the guy that we've been hyping up for months to try to get some respect on his name. All of a sudden, John, I think it's swung in the opposite direction because we both have Richardson as our quarterback three here. And I don't think DLF ADP is wrong. You know, looking at the patron discord, Anthony Corrente, who does uh, positional rankings for us as well, just put out an article at patreon.com slash rookie big board. He had Anthony Richardson at one. What's to explain for this rise, John? And are you willing to pay that, that ADP? Matt, I think as a dynasty community at times, we don't learn from our past mistakes. I've been doing this for 10 years now. And I went on and I talked about Mitch Trubisky and I was very low on Mitch Trubisky. I had both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes over Trubisky, but the NFL took Trubisky first. The Bears traded up for Trubisky. I bypassed them, don't have any shares. Daniel Jones. If any dynasty owner still has Daniel Jones, I'd be shocked. I think he's been traded, shipped, dropped, picked up. And Daniel Jones finally had the season that was expected. But Matt, you had to wait four or five years. There are leagues that don't even exist when Daniel Jones was drafted. Last two years ago, I warned about Trey Lance. I don't have any shares of Trey Lance. 
I know he got injured, but the reality is, Matt, he has not helped one dynasty team. Not one. So that I don't understand. Now we hit Anthony Richardson. Matt, do I see the gemstone at the bright end of the long tunnel? Of course I do. There's flashes of brilliance on the screen. I love the film. I see the athletic ability. But Matt, he's not a polished passer. I I still believe that he needs a year on the bench. So what are you talking about? If you have the number one pick, Matt, overall in a dynasty league, and you need immediate help, you're going to take a quarterback who can't play for you? It just doesn't make any sense. He's my number three quarterback. There is no way I'm taking him number one overall. You hit on it there, John. You hit on it right there. And here's the thing. I love Anthony Richardson, right? (laughs) We've been in on him. Go back, watch the Anthony Richardson, listen to the Anthony Richardson profile, and you will see that we are excited about him. We love his upside. But, John, like you said, in a 1QB league, you know, you have to take him 101 according to this ADP, right? Uh, Or, I'm sorry, in a super flex league, right, you're taking him 102. Uh, in, in a one quarterback league, you're probably taking him 106, 107 if he's the first quarterback off the board. Uh, that's a high investment. And you have to realize that it's not only you're, you're leaning into upside, but you do have to wait a year, at least half a season. And by the, we want to wait a year. Like That's going to be better in the long term. So if, if you go with Anthony Richardson, I just think you're missing out here on Bryce Young and CJ Stroud because I feel like Richardson – his upside has has moved the conversation away from two great quarterback prospects in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And John, those guys might be projecting more as, you know, back end QB ones, like a QB eight to QB 12 as, as their upside. But I will take that all day. That's a huge addition to your super flex lineup, right? So for me, again, it's not that I don't like Anthony Richardson, but I really hope that his ADP settles post-draft back into the quarterback three territory. I'll take him all day off the board as quarterback three. But as quarterback one, folks, we're, we're, we're leaning too far into upside and we aren't properly factoring that wait time. If you're drafting with the 102 and a super flex, you probably need some quarterback infusion. Now. <laughs> You're probably a bad team. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to our next quarterback. This one's probably less of a surprise if you've been listening into us for a little, a little, uh, you know, for a good chunk of time here. But in my most recent rookie big board update, I did drop my projected draft capital for Will Levis outside of the top ten. I am back on that train. And I have now uh, locked in Hendon Hooker in my quarterback 20 to 50 range, which means, John, based on their tape profile, I do have Hendon Hooker now above Will Levis. We both have Will Levis now as quarterback five. In DLF ADP, I do think still reflects consensus with Will Levis as quarterback four. So this isn't a huge difference uh, on paper, but if you look at where you would draft you know, the quarterback four versus the quarterback five, it could be five or six picks in your rookie league. So, so deciphering here between, you know, who goes first between Levis and hooker is actually a pretty significant part of your draft strategy. Oh, Matt, absolutely. I just say, welcome to the hooker train. I joined the charm train long time ago with you. I know it took you a little while to get on the um, Hendon hooker train, but I'm glad to have you on the train. When I came out in December and January, and started to criticize Will Levis, 
And people kind of, they were in shock because he was at the top of some big people's boards. And I said, I'm very low on Will Levis, Matt. And it is interesting to hear the National Industrial Scouting Complex. They have started to turn on Will Levis. I'm like, oh, they finally popped in the film. They finally saw that he's not good in the pocket. Oh, I, I told you that in December. Yes, he has a big arm. But I'm going to go old school. I remember Jeb George had a big arm. I can't even count the number of big arm quarterbacks who have failed throughout NFL history. You mentioned it on our last show when you were talking about um, um, Carson Strong had a big arm. Didn't even get drafted last year. Is there somewhere of value in Will Levis? Yes. But in a super flex league, you're looking for a quarterback, Matt. With the amount of receivers and running backs who are possibly on the board at number four, there is absolutely no way I am taking Will Levis at number four. Just let's take it to the absurd, Matt. What if the top three picks are Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young? You are telling me that right now Will Levis is more valuable than Bijan Robinson in a super flex draft. There's just no way that just doesn't, it makes absolutely no sense. I have in a super flex ranking right now, Matt, I have Will Levis at like number 18. Uh, he might drop even further down the board. Now, there will be a point where he becomes valuable, right? If it's a third round, yeah, I would probably risk the upside with, with Will Levis that he figures it out. But there's no way I'm taking a top four super flex pick. Not with JSN, not with Bijan Robinson. No way with those players on the board. All right, let's go ahead here. Let's pivot away from the quarterback position because this is where I think things get a little chaotic, John. The running back position, for good reason, gets real wide open real quick, right? I think most folks agree at this point it's Bijan 1, Jameer Gibbs 2, Zach Charbonnet 3, you know, maybe a little bit of conversation between Gibbs and Sharb at 2 and 3. But then things open up a lot here. And this one, I'm more, uh, I'm lower on this player than you, but I do think we need to have a conversation about Tajay Spears. I just think we're pushing him up too far. DLF's ADP has him as running back five coming off the board. John, you have him ranked as running back six. I have him ranked as running back eight. I think the expectation now is that we're assuming top 100 draft capital. I'm just not there yet. And I think we're just ignoring the knee injuries. And that's really what I think it is. We won't know for sure what the NFL thinks about it until we see if he's a top 100 pick or not, which is really what I think swings this. But at this point in time, pre-draft, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. I like Tajay Spears. He came in, you know, above that 200 number. He looked good at the senior bowl. His tape is flashy and exciting. But again, John, we are talking about a group of five running back here. And we are talking about somebody who just in terms of prototypical size and, and placement in the league, I think there's players that bring more upside at this point in time. And again, it's not that I don't like Tajay Spears. I just struggle with him being, you know, labeled here as the running back five. I'm kind of shocked that he's gone that high up the draft board for ADP. When we started the process, I love Tajay Spears as a deep sleeper. 
But I have also warned he is a group of five running back. And in my looking at the statistics, there is only about a 28% chance that he hits as a top 24 PPR producer in fantasy leagues. Now, that's pretty good. 28, it's worse um, if you're under 200 pounds. We've discussed this before. And Tajay Spears did clear the 200-pound threshold. Matt, I, we broke it down on our video. I love his second-level vision. I love his explosion. He's underrated pass catcher. I think he is a gr- very good NFL prospect. Now, we have a very strong class this year. I just don't think right now at current ADP, I think I'm going to end up not getting Tajay Spears just because I think there's better receivers and arguably better running backs on the board. I think there's going to be a, a fan of Tajay Spears in nearly every dynasty draft. That's what the ADP is telling me, that when they put together a mock draft or a real draft, right, there's a huge Tajay Spears fan, and he's getting pushed up the board. Well, Matt, what are we all about here? Value. Exactly. Right now, I think all the value has been sucked out of Tajay Spears. If I got him in round two, Matt, I and we could have done that in December, right? When we first started compiling this ADP, he was a second-round pick. I was ecstatic as long as we had good medicals. Now you're going to have to pay such a freight, and that's all right. I'm going to pivot to other backs who I like in this draft. Yeah, John, you know, again, I like Tajay Spears, you know, mid to late second round, like get on my roster, but I I think it's going to be the one, two turn in some leagues, right? Which is just, and you know, what I'm, what I'm seeing here is to draft Tajay Spears, the guy that I'm going to see fall is probably Tank Bigsby, right? Like that to me is the type of player that's getting passed up in Tank. We have a 40 year record of good, solid tape. And we have the ability to project forward a better NFL career than college career for a variety of factors, which, of course, we did cover in the Tank Rookie Profile episode. So for me, you know, that's what I'm seeing. That's why I'm saying that this is an overrated value at this point in time. It's not that Tajay Spears can't be a great NFL player. I just think that it's not worth the level of investment that we're going to have to put into it here, which is a similar conversation as I want to have with Devin Achain, the running back at a Texas A&M. Now, John, here's one that we both agree on a little bit more here. Um, and I actually think I flipped our numbers. Yeah, I flipped our numbers for those watching on YouTube. So DLF's ADP for him is running back four right now. John has him ranked as running back 11. I have him ranked as running back seven. But either way, it's way off of consensus. And I think that this is this one, John, isn't one that's going to get better post-draft. So I think this is a really good example of talking about value and being able to project fantasy football production, right? I say it's not going to get better post-draft because it wouldn't shock me if Achain goes top 50, even top 60, right? I think that's a realistic possibility. And I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I think he's going to be a great contributor to special teams. I think he is going to do very well with 150 to 200 touches a season. But I don't think, John, he's a guy who's going to average six, seven plus touchdowns in his career. 
you know, per season. I don't think he's somebody who's ever going to project into 250 touches. So I think this is somebody that we're going to end up spending a lot of money on, not money necessarily, unless you're playing in an auction rookie draft, but a lot of capital. And I don't think you're going to get the fantasy bang for your buck. Matt, you know, I'm a pretty big stickler to my model. And that's why he's at number 11. And my model tells me that running backs under 200 pounds do not make a fantasy impact. They don't finish in the top 24. Can they do it on an individual basis? Yes. Can they have a big game with a 60-yard touchdown? Yes. Can they, if they get a start because of injuries on the depth chart? Yes. But when you're looking at a 17-game season and you're looking at the final numbers at the end of the year, a running back under 200 pounds is not making the top 24. Devin A. Chain is a better NFL player than fantasy player. You and I are here giving fantasy dynasty advice. He is not going to be a top 10 running back at 188 pounds, Matt. I mean, maybe he's the ultimate outlier, but he's under 190. My threshold is 200. I I can't do it. And I just want to say one thing. I hear people say, what if he's war done? My friends, I played fantasy football during the Warwick Dunn era. Let me tell you something. Warwick Dunn was never a first-round draft pick. He never led anyone to a fantasy football championship. He was a really nice piece. In his best fantasy season, I think he might have been like running back 11. And PPR didn't even exist back in the day. Remember, they had Mike Allstott on those teams. I remember people were debating that Mike Allstott was a fantasy, better fantasy player than Warwick Dunn. So let's say that Devin A-Chain hits his Warwick Dunn ceiling. Matt, I'm not bringing home a trophy with the number four running back in Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues, hoping in year three he becomes Warwick Dunn. I'm just going to be out at this um, price range. That's all. All right, John, before we move on to our next running back, want to remind folks now is the time to get in on the rookie big board action. You can head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board. And for just $3 a month, you get access to our just updated rookie dynasty Devi big boards and John, the biggest board, which combines rookie Devi and dynasty all into one place. So you can compare values across access to the discord john and of course volume two of the rookie guide which has uh over 70 individual player profiles draft cheat sheets all that great stuff gets updated and comes out the day after the nfl draft ends, so you can be on top of it for your rookie drafts all right john deuce vaughn running back out of kansas state this one's not fun This isn't fun to talk about. We love Deuce Vaughn. We've been watching Deuce Vaughn be electric and fun for Kansas State over the past, what, three seasons? But guess what, John? Electric college production doesn't mean fantasy football production. And for guys like us that are watching Saturdays, we got to know when to cut the cord. And now is the time with Deuce Vaughn. I do think he's going to end up around this DLF positional ADP, which is running back 13 because he's fun and he's a name people know. If you're just watching highlights, 
I get it. You're like, this guy can be fun. He can produce on an NFL team and he will get on the field for an NFL team, but he's not going to be somebody that you're going to be plugging into your lineup and confident that he's going to give you more than three points in any week, right? You have him as running back 19. I am as running back 18. That is at least five spots below his running back positional value right now. I'm going to give an analogy from teaching Matt. And I teach AP U.S. government. This is my 13th year teaching it. And I my philosophy is if a young adult wants to come into my classroom, I let him in. I just, that's my belief. And you know what happens around November? You realize sometimes it's not men, but sometimes the young adult just isn't ready for AP. It's too hard. They're trying really hard. They're studying, they're trying, but they're just not passing the practice test. I still love them. They're great young adults. They'll be successful in life because they have the fortitude. But there's a little bit of intellectualism that they're just not going to be able to pass the test. Deuce Vaughn is that kid. He's an amazing honor student, but he's not an AP student. He's an amazing college student. He's not an NFL player, Matt. I want this young man to make it. Every time I know, I would never tell a young adult they can't pass the exam. But sometimes you just know it, and that's okay. I still motivate them. I still congratulate them. I write them letters of recommendation. It's okay if they don't pass it. Deuce Vaughn is that young man. He's 5'5", 179. Matt, what are we talking about here? And he's he's not that fast. He's 4'4", 6. Matt, we would have needed a 4'3", And we would have needed like a 20-yard shuttle for him to avoid NFL safeties and linebackers. You would need to be so quick at this size. He's just not. Now, I think he might even go in the fifth or sixth round of the draft. I think he's going to fall pretty far down the board. Hopefully, he makes a team as a, as a special teams contributor. I'm rooting for the young man. I want the young man to succeed. But, Matt, this is dynasty. I'm just not going to have any draft picks with Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn for me, you know, 13 is a really interesting number because that's about where Deuce Vaughn was after my initial set of film review because he does have great tape. But what's happened is that Vaughn's numbers haven't necessarily dropped. But as I've liked some of these other running backs more, Vaughn has fallen. You know what I'm saying? So Vaughn hasn't gotten any worse, but other players have gotten better. And I do think that that's what may happen with his ADP post-draft, right? Like, As we kind of like some landing spots better, some guys will just kind of jump over him and he'll probably end up around this spot. I hope it is. Like I said, awesome player. I want him on my NFL team, you know, as kind of that 50, you know, that, that fourth guy in the running back room, third guy in the running back room, special teams. I want him on my NFL team. I just don't want him in my fantasy lineup, John. (laughs) And I don't want this next guy here either. I'm out. (laughs) You're out. I'm out. I think post-draft, everyone's going to be out. It's Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver out of LSU. I'm sorry, man. DLF ADP has him at nine. And by the way, John, I, I can't remember if I prefaced this at the beginning of the show. We're not we're not knocking DLF ADP. Oh, DLF wow. ADP is a fantastic resource. It's giving us an idea of what consensus is right now. So DLF ADP is nine. John, you have Boutte ranked as wide receiver 12. I have him ranked as wide receiver 24. I'm sorry, man. He's down board. As I tried to put him in that, you know, like 18, 19 range, there's a lot of wide receivers in that range whose upside I believe in. 
I just don't believe in the upside here with Boutte. We are all in off of what? Seven games of film from one good season. The <laughs> athletic testing for me, John, was the final straw. I thought he would go to the combine and get some of that momentum back. And it was quite the opposite. I'm all out. Hey, I think a year ago at this time, he might've been my number two or three Debbie wide receiver. So there was a time where I was really into Kayshawn Booty. I watched a lot of LSU this year. He had a lot of drops. He got frustrated. They, he, he was just disappeared from the offense. He dropped big plays, like touchdown passes in the end zone. And basically, you reference it, Matt. We're basing all of this love based on a four-game sample in COVID in 2020 when Terrence Marshall literally quit the team and the only guy on the field was Kayshawn Bouti, everyone. And he produced, like, I think we did it. If you go back to our um, preview show when we broke him down, I think like 24% of his production career-wise was in those four games. Matt, what are we talking about here? If he did not have an LSU Tigers uniform, if he played for Charlotte, if he played in the Sun Belt with the same numbers and the same athletic tape or scores, no one would be talking about him. Maybe he finds his way on to day two. Maybe the NFL gives him the huge SEC LSU bump. I don't see it. I don't think I'm going to have very many shears. He'd have to go in the third, maybe even the fourth round. Because I do see glimpses. There are glimpses of that there. And he might be a big slot receiver. But he's not an X. He's not your alpha male. So I'm out on Kayshawn Bouti. All right, John, once you get into like the back end of the second, into the third round of your rookie drafts, that's when things are going to get chaotic with the wide receiver position, <laughs> especially, you know, folks are going to start taking shots, going after their guys, ADP is going to be all over the place. And there's going to be some people who use those picks to draft AT Perry out of Wake Forest, the wide receiver. <laughs> and I just don't get it. I don't get it. We've watched AT Perry be like an awesome college fantasy football guy super productive i put on that tape john i was ready to see something exciting and i didn't see anything consistently exciting you know wake forest had him listed at 6-5 he comes in at the combine 6-3 sub 200 and you know i just don't see that skill set translating i don't get it he's my wide receiver 23 john he's your wide receiver 20 but in DLF ADP, he's wide receiver 13. He is a name I'm hearing on a lot of, of different content now, podcasts, other shows. Uh, as somebody, you know, kind of a sleeper to watch. And, you know, I've even heard folks saying that he's going to sneak into day two. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just don't see that at all. Hey, if, if I'm wrong and he sneaks into day two, I will go back and address my film and my model but I don't think I'm wrong on this one. And let me just give you some names out of this program. And if you don't understand Dave Clawson and the Demon Deacons program, you're not you're not analyzing A.T. Perry the right way. Sage Surratt, how's he been in the NFL, Matt? Greg Dortch, how's he been in the NFL, Matt? Dortch, I was going to say Dorch is the best player, right? Corey Roberson, how's he in the NFL? Why do I say that? Dave Clawson has a very good program 
He's brought the Demon Deacons up from obscurity, but he has a passing game that is unique. They don't translate, and most of these young men are fifth-year receivers. He has size. What is it? 6'3", 193, Matt. He has some nice career numbers, but he doesn't pop in my model. There's other players I like better around A.T. Perry. All right, John, the last one, and I don't like it. I don't like it any more than you do, but it's, it was my ranking. I felt like I needed to explain myself, and that's the wide receiver out of North Carolina, Josh Downs. DLF ADP wide receiver five. John, you're right on. You have Josh Downs wide receiver five. I have met wide receiver eight, and I struggle, John. I struggle with Josh Downs' size. And I struggle with the role that he played at UNC. I think he is a strictly slot receiver at the next level. And that's not always a bad thing. In today's NFL, there's opportunity from the slot. But the more and more I, I watch his film, I've gone back, I've looked at it again. You know, I put in that athletic testing, which was fine. It wasn't wild. And then uh, his final measurement came in, what, at 5'9", I think, right? Um, yeah. Oh, five, nine, one seventy one. Yeah. Five, nine, one seventy one. So barely clearing that one seven. Like, let's not get it confused here. This isn't like a Devonte Smith low one seventies, right? He's just a different player. And I think he's going to be a good NFL player. I just don't see myself being able to project him for more than 80 targets in a season, you know, four touchdowns in a season. Uh, if he lands in the right NFL offense that's throwing the ball 650 to 700 times a season, all right, I might be back in on him. But I think in 25 out of the NFL offenses here, he's just going to be a good third option. And that's not fantasy football relevant, John. So the reason that I felt the need to bring up Josh Downs in this overrated is because this is a name that we've been talking about for years. And he's a good NFL prospect, right? So that is that is the formula for me of how to get sold on somebody that that isn't necessarily going to be worth his value. I think there's going to be plenty of drafts. He goes early second round, um, but I don't think I'd take him down until late second round, you know, turn of the third. So I know you're closer to ADP on him, but I wanted to make sure we talked about downs, even though I don't like it any more than you do. Well, Matt, I see what you're saying because my conundrum with Downs, and I'm still there. I could move him down a spot or two by the end, but I'm pretty solid. His production numbers are off the chart. Off the charts. However, you're absolutely right about his size. And why that's important, it limits his ceiling. I don't think he has that 1,200-yard, 13-touchdown, 90 catches in him. I think he has a high floor. Matt, I think he's going to be peppered with like, you know, 75, 80 targets rookie year, 55 to 65 catches, right? But how many are touchdowns? How many are deep passes? I think he has a high floor and a limited ceiling. I don't mind him in picks number 13 to 17. He's out of the first round for me right now. But I think there is some value. But I, I do think his ceiling, where I agree with you on that. I, I And I just, you know, it's funny. My gut instinct says I won't have a lot of him right now. I'm not targeting Josh Downs. All right, there you have it. Eight rookies here that we consider to be currently 
overrated. You better believe we're going to be back at it soon with the underrated players. But as always, we appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Bowl.